Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, our guest today is Mr. Brad Nafak of Beyond Pilates out of San Diego, California. Brad, how are you today, sir? What's going on? Very, very good. Good afternoon to you. I am excited to dig into this. This, I got to ask some some curiosity type questions of my own, but I don't want to I don't want to paint on your canvas just yet. So before we get into our business focused conversation, Brad, give us a little bit of background for the people who don't know what Beyond Pilates is. How do you describe this business to people? Sure. So Beyond Pilates, kind of, we opened the studios, our first studio, about eight years ago. My background prior to that was uh, in law. I was a lawyer for 25 years, and um, I had my own health issues. I had problems with my back, spine, post-surgical candidates. So I finally uh, tried yoga and then tried Pilates, and I just fell in love with Pilates. I mean, it just became my passion. And the more I learned about it, the more I wanted to get into it. And before long, I was opening my own studios. So basically, we have uh, their boutique studios. They're pretty small. We range from anywhere from 500 square feet up to 1,800 square feet. We have about uh, six reformers to 12 reformers. That's the main equipment that we use uh, in our studios. And um, so our class sizes stay relatively small. We do have a few waitlisted classes, which we kind of try to avoid if at all possible, but that just happens with the peak hours in, the, in this type of industry. Um, but yeah, so we've kind of been enjoying ourselves and just kind of going on an amazing journey. We have about a thousand members now and hope to continue to increase that. Got it. Okay. And so, like you said, this, what started as kind of a, a side gig has now become more of the main focus for you. Talk to us just about your, your, your experience being a business owner within the fitness space. What has, in your mind, what has been the best part about being a business owner in this industry and what has been the most challenging part for you? Sure. So um, let's, let's go back a little bit then. Prior to going into this business, the fitness industry, I was an attorney for 25 years. And uh, although I enjoyed it, I don't know, it wasn't very satisfying to me, not very self-satisfying to me. And uh, as I got into Pilates and just saw how it changed people's lives and what it meant to everybody, it became something that I wanted to get involved with myself. And so we opened one studio. My, my kids and I kind of built out the studio. And uh, we didn't know how it would do, but I, I still was, I had my other business going anyway. And we when, thought we just- I don't mean to interrupt you, yeah. Brad. When was that? What year was this? Uh, 2015. Got it. Okay. 2015, yeah. And uh, so we opened our first studio just to see how it would go. And um, <clears throat> my gosh, they were knocking down the door before we could even get open. And uh, it was just amazing, you know. And then ever, it's because it's kind of a neighborhood thing, you know, the, the members were like, how can we help you? How can we help you? And people were just, I mean, how about this? You know, we'll, we'll pay a year in advance just to help you because we don't want you to go out of business. You know, I mean, it was amazing, you know, the feedback that we were getting. And so we started our own studio and then we thought, well, this would be great. Let's, let's open more. So we started our own teacher training program and we taught some of our members to become instructors and 
when they graduated, we opened another studio and then yada, 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 this kept going on. And we were opening a studio every three months for the first two years uh, until we had actually about eight or 10 studios at that time before COVID hit. And then we closed everything down from COVID. Yeah, and being in California plays a significant role within that. What was the timeline before you were able to, to reopen? So, so we, it, it kind of, we did luck out in a way because it was five years into our business when COVID hit and all my leases had, uh, there were five-year leases with the five-year option. So I didn't exercise the options. We were able to close down and, and get out the leases gracefully. Ah, and, I see. Yeah, we just lucked out on that. And then about a year, year and a half later is when we started opening April, I think a couple of years ago, we started reopening, um, but mostly in new locations. There was a couple of studios that were still available um, that we just reopened. And then all the other ones are all new locations now. Yeah. And so you've got this studio opening down to a science at this point, Brad, I would imagine. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a joy to do it. <clears throat> I build them out with my children. And so it's a lot of fun. And uh, I designed them myself, <clears throat> excuse me, I designed it myself and then we just kind of go from there, you know, and uh, the main thing is just getting the equipment on time. Let me ask you this because it's, I think it's relevant for Pilates or non-Pilates businesses. When you're preparing to open up a new location, what is most important for you to focus on? Uh, <clears throat> well, unfortunately, uh, sad to say, Pilates is fairly expensive for, for fitness. Now, when you can go to a gym and join for $29 a month, and here you're paying 150 to 200 a month, it's quite a difference. So you do have to make sure you're in an affluent area where you know, you know you're going to have members that can afford to come. Because people will come on our introductory offer, which is really great. But then when it's time for them to become a member, the first thing they say, well, why is your introductory offer so cheap, but your classes are so expensive? Uh, which is true, it is true. And what I really had to do, and it was unfortunate, but I had to increase the price of my introductory offer. So yeah. it wasn't- Just so that sting off. wasn't as yeah, much exactly. there. Exactly, but well, if they can afford the intro offer, now they can afford the classes. You know? Yeah. But I would love, I mean, gosh, I just, I, I wish there was a way that we could like reduce the price down and have everybody do Pilates. It's so amazing. But unfortunately, the, the rents are so high for the small volume of people that we can get in. And then, you know, the instructor. And if anybody are, has ever bought Pilates based equipment, they know the cost that goes into this as well. They, so they do. And it's like I said, it's unfortunate. You know, we, we kind of have like a scholarship program where, you know, we have some people that really want to come, but they can't come. So, you know, we'll give them a discount. We have others that really want to come and I'm like, well, do you want to help clean the studio in exchange for free classes? Because they love it, but they just can't afford it. You know, and I, I hate to turn anybody away. They can't afford it. That's the, that's the problem. You yep. know? Yeah. Now you said at least with the first studio that, that people were knocking down the door and, and demand was clearly there. With the rest of the studios, have you guys spent time or money in marketing to try to drum up some demand or has it all been organic over the years? Yeah, marketing is pretty tough. You know, um, you know, I've done podcasts in the past and I've done the Google ads and the Yelp ads and it's mainly word and mouth in this, in this industry. And uh, we have a program 
we call it the bring your best year program basically where we to keep our marketing expenses down we just we just give it back to the members so if a member refers a member not only do they get a referral fee but the their friend or relative also gets a discount and so we have people referring in five six people and getting a 30 percent discount but overall it works it benefits everybody so yeah so that's why do you think the it sounded so the paid advertising you mentioned google and the yelp why do you think that it wasn't as successful as you would have hoped on those platforms uh it's i, I wish i knew i just i mean it's it's something that you can reach out to but like yelp for example very few people end up signing up they'll take the introductory offer um i use uh groupon for example groupon oh my gosh less than 10 percent of groupon people actually sign up mm, yeah. you know they're groupon shoppers they're really not yeah, that's somewhat contradictory to the crowd that you're looking for anyway right? like you <laughs> it, mentioned we're looking for people who aren't trying to cut a deal at every corner exactly yeah so that's the problem yeah. so we you know we do it a little bit because you know i mean hey 10 percent is better than zero but at the same time you know it also fills up our classrooms with people that we don't we know aren't going to become members yeah so it's, it's almost more poisoning than beneficial it, at that point it kind of it is how how relevant is social media for you in this space uh, uh i think it, i think that's definitely a benefit we we use instagram and we use facebook i think everybody does and um we have quite a few followers there and we get a lot of people inquiring uh from instagram facebook not so much but uh, instagram definitely so is this more organic inquiries or have you guys put advertising dollars on those as well all organic yeah. okay yeah take me to the the quote-unquote sales side of things here brad when somebody reaches out wherever they came from whether it's social media whether it was a referral walk me through the steps involved for somebody to actually sign up for that intro offer okay so um we try to make it as simple as possible number one so if you go to our website right on the home page there's there's a, just a button a link and it says like five classes for $59, 10 for $99. And they click on that link and bingo, it takes them right through the registration process, the purchase process, and loops them right back to the schedule and they go to the schedule and now it says book now. So it's pretty, pretty simple. Um, you have to do that and you have to get them right away because if you have to go from link to link to link to link, you lose them. You know, that's why our Yelp ads didn't work and our Google ads didn't work because they, I think there were just too many steps. And they're like, oh, they want something instantaneous. Even phone calls, like if you don't answer the phone call right away to get these people that are interested, they're gone. You lose yeah. them. Yeah. Um, you have to be quick. Is is all of the or most of the sales at least through this online streamlined platform, or does anybody sign up in studio? Uh, no, it's all online. All yeah. online. Yeah, a lot of what them will call. Excuse me. So yeah, a lot of them will call. And I try, believe it or not, even as the owner, I uh, I tried to field all the emails and I was doing all the phones, uh, but I finally had to delegate. It was just getting too busy. So I have one person answering the phones and then I started getting a lot of complaints and I've had this in the past where, hey, you know, your mailbox is full. I'm not getting a response right away. So for the last month, I've been back to doing all the phones and all the emails, which I love. I love talking to people and I love talking to the members and especially the new ones. I mean, they hear my passion for Pilates and they can't wait to sign up, you know, so it's kind of beneficial at the moment. I don't know how long I can keep doing it, but we'll try. <laughs> we'll see at least to be determined. Oh, yeah. Now, 
for you, Brad, this is this is probably where you guys make the majority of your money. How what influences the retention of these clients? Not necessarily how do we get new people through the door? How do we keep our members members? Um, I can tell you in my so I've been in business for eight years. Of course, we had that shut down for a while because of COVID. The only members that I have lost in all these eight years are people in the military that are finally leaving to get stationed elsewhere, people relocating out of the state or maybe just too far from the studios. I I can't recall anybody ever calling me and saying, hey, you know, um, I'm, I'm just not happy I'm leaving. So it has to do with, in my taste, building the nicest, largest, light studios with the best equipment and then going out and hiring the best instructors you possibly can. And I probably pay more than anybody in San Diego too for my instructors to make sure that they stay with me. I've had I've had instructors with me since the day we opened and that's unusual in this industry. Yeah. But I think it, it you bring up an important point and it's first and foremost that Brad can't be at every single class, right? He may be the face of this business, but Brad is not going to be there at every single class. And so we need a team who cares about this and is willing to provide an excellent service at every step of the way, what is motivating to people most often income, right? If I can bring the best instructors into the studio, they're going to provide the best experience and we're going to keep our members around as long as we possibly can. I am exactly completely in alignment on that. Now, Here's the, uh, we talked about how all of this came to be and, and what things look like now, Brad, I want to pick your brain on where this whole thing is going. You mentioned pre-pandemic, we built this up to eight or 10 studios, happened to time it right that we were able to exit these leases. Post-pandemic, we've gotten back to seven studios. What does the future of Beyond Pilates look like in your mind? Uh, as long as uh, COVID <clears throat> stays where it is, and I don't want to get fingers crossed too political, but as long as people get vaccinated, you know, I think that we're going to be around for a long, long time. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that. We're our growth rate. I mean, I can tell you that we're our. I don't want to say this. Our our net revenue now, our excuse me, our gross revenue right now is higher than it was before COVID, and that's obviously because we did have to raise our prices a little bit. But um, we're, our growth is three times faster than it was before COVID. It's just amazing how we're, we're growing. And, uh, you know, we have a goal of trying to get a new member a day, and we're exceeding that. And so that's pretty amazing, especially with the competition in town in San Diego. So. Yeah. Let me ask you this. COVID aside, and, and like we said, fingers crossed, that isn't going to play a role in how you operate your businesses moving forward. COVID aside, what do you think could provide some other potential hiccups or, or challenges to your growth as you move forward? Well, unfortunately, I'm I'm a very positive person. I don't I don't ever think in the negative, so that's like a tough one to answer. I would, shoot, uh, I don't know. You know, I get I get feedback all the time, and it's always like, oh my God, thank you so much for opening in my neighborhood, and, and they, people just tell me you know, how, how their lives have changed. And that's why I like this over being a lawyer, because when I was a lawyer, the only thing I ever remember hearing was, is that all I'm getting? 
you know, it was so like unrewarding. And now, gosh, I mean, daily, I get people just calling to thank me and, and just tell me how important Pilates is to their lives and how it's changed everything. It's not just an exercise. It's just, it totally changes your whole attitude and your whole feeling. And for me to hear that, I mean, that just pumps me up and away I go to open another studio. So I don't know, I just can't, I can't think of the negative. Then think in the positive here for me, Brad. <laughs> As you look back and you have, have launched many studios here, if someone was looking to get into the fitness space, whether Pilates or not, what would be the best piece of advice for, for a new prospective business owner that you could provide? Uh, well, if it's going into, are we talking about Pilates now, strictly Pilates? Give me, yeah, tell me Pilates reference or Pilates <laughs> advice first and then generalize if you have the, the capacity. Okay, so if I, if I was to give anybody advice about going into Pilates, I would tell them not to do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as much as I love it, I'll tell you why. Because, uh, you know, I get up about 5.36 in the morning and I work till about 11 at night. And I think I do that almost every day uh, <clears throat> because I'm so involved. And I think it's my involvement, you know, and my energy that keeps this business going. And I'm, a, I, and I don't mean to be like an egomaniac, but I'm just saying that, I would be afraid to see the studio work without me being so involved. And the other thing that's really important that people have to realize is the profit margin in a studio is very small. I have seven now and I plan to grow at least to 10. And that's because you can't really make a living <laughs> on just one studio or two studios. It's more like a hobby at that point. And uh, <clears throat> so if somebody really, really is into this, you know, I mean, I have over a million dollars invested in this business already. You know, I had, had I had to like just I went through all my savings. I sold real estate. I did everything I could to get these businesses back on the ground after COVID. And unless you have that type of backing, it's you know you can't. I just I don't. I, I watch and see these other studios, and I see how they're they're struggling. You know, to get members and to and to fill classes and stuff. I don't have that problem, luckily. And um, and I again, I think that's because of the instructors that I have, but. Um, it's a it's a tough industry. It's the profit margin is so small, and it costs so much money. I mean, gosh, just to go out and buy the equipment, you know, you're talking sixty to a hundred thousand dollars for a studio, and that's you know for two years you won't you won't recoup any money for the first two years anyway. So yep. you have to have a pretty good uh, piggy bank somewhere. It's a challenge, that's for sure, and that's not even specific just to Pilates, Brad. I think fitness in general. The equipment and the overhead and the infrastructure of all of this presents an upfront cost that is overwhelming and is probably the reason why so many go under so quickly. We just can't keep up. The demand isn't there. For you, we don't recommend people go into it because of that. Yeah. And the, oh, the other thing, too, also is, and, I, and this, this, is, this is California, and this is San Diego, but the rents are so outrageous and, yeah. and, you know, built into every lease is this three to 5% increase every, every year in your lease, you know, which means you have to pass that on to the clients at some point. I mean, it seems like every two years I have to raise our rates 
just to keep the overhead, you know, intact. And it's it's sad, but um, you know, I, I look at like I have a submarina right next to me in one of our locations, and I see people coming in and out, in and out, in and out all day long. And then like you know, the cash register is just ding, ding, ding with me. You know, I have like what did I say six to twelve people an hour. You can only make so much money, and so that you know, just to cover the rent is it's difficult. You know, so you have to keep that in mind. You picked an expensive location for this, Brad. That's the, uh, the game that we play, at least. I did, but I'm a sailor and I like to be by the ocean, so I'm, I'm paying the price. Yes, everything has pros and cons. Brad, that's a great place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up, but I want to save a minute for you to tell our listeners where they could learn more about Beyond Pilates. Is there What's the website? What are the social media links? How can people connect with you? Yeah, so basically you can go to beyondpilates.com. That's the simplest way. Uh, I encourage anybody anywhere, not just to come to my studio, but find Pilates. I mean, it's definitely the way to go. And within weeks, you'll, you'll see the difference. You'll feel the difference. And within a month or two, you'll, you'll see the difference. And the next thing you know, your attitude changes. Everything changes. You've got a smile that's just amazing. You know, it's contagious. And uh, so I encourage anybody, if you haven't done Pilates, whether you go to my studio or any studio, just do it. Love that. Brad, this has been a bunch of fun. I, I truly enjoy getting to look underneath the hood of businesses like this and, and see what the, the owner is thinking about and where they're trying to take this whole thing. So I appreciate your perspective and your willingness to contribute. I'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds like we still got some fire underneath you. So yeah, yeah. I appreciate your time and, and I wish you nothing but the best. Moving Thank forward. you. Thank you, Joe. So it's been a pleasure talking with you and I hope somebody gets something out of this. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam. And today with me, I have Mr. Aaron with Hotspot Fitness out of East Wagga Wagga, Australia. Aaron, how are you today? Very good. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. I know it's about a, a day forward here. It's Thursday for you guys, so you can uh, see in the future, I guess. <laughs> Better day than hump day, I guess. There you go. Uh, well, cool, Aaron. I'm going to go ahead and turn it back over to you. Go ahead and give our listeners a little mm -hmm. about who you are, what you've done, and then ultimately what led you to opening up your facility and why. Sure. So uh, thanks, Adam. So been in the industry for about 10 years now. Uh, been, I was working out of a uh, commercial um, uh, gym for about five years uh, as on salary. And then uh, we, we went to a contractor system 
which eventually just our ideologies didn't uh, match up and uh, went out on my own. Uh, now been running our studio for four years. Uh, initially got into it um, from being uh, basically a large portion of my life, not really being in fitness and um, having a negative feel about it through uh, because of my childhood and uh, joined a gym um, from a recommendation from a doctor, uh, got fit, realised what a good community and uh, friendly people can do in that environment and decided to uh, become a personal trainer so that I could keep paying that forward and uh, have loved it ever since. And really, uh, we we try to emphasize that in our in our studio. And it's been uh, it's been great running that for four years. We have a really good uh, uh, inclusive um, community and uh, just lovely people. And yeah, just been loving it. Being, uh, we run out of a uh, uh, 1,000, uh, sorry, 120, uh, 172 square metres, sorry, terrible at math, uh, terrible with numbers, uh, 172 square metre um, space, um, which is, I think, around 1,700 square foot, um, around there. <laughs> uh, as my clients know, not good at counting, so uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, it might as well carry forward. Um, and yeah, uh, just been building it up over time and uh, started with the bare, the bare minimum and uh, just been buying bits, like getting bits and pieces in um, as feedbacks come in and as we felt need for it um, ever since. And we work, uh, as you said, out of, out of uh, Wagga Wagga, um, which has a really good, a really good fitness, um, fitness minded community. We have heaps of heaps of gyms, heaps of studios, and uh, we all work um, very well together. And it's a, it's a great town for building something. Excellent. Love that. Well, appreciate that. One question that comes to the top of mind is, yes. you know, what fired in the brain where you wanted to call it hot spot fitness? What was kind of like the, the ideology behind that? So that is a, uh, that is a long-term goal name. So we would like to have, um, at the moment, we're very, uh, we know we're, we're very small. We just have myself working there, one-on-one um, -on -one clients, but I've, I've always had a dream of having a, a gym and I've always had a dream of having a small, um, a very small gym where people can feel comfortable um, alongside uh, PT studios where um, trainers can build themselves up and help more people. So we want to combine those two uh, ideologies and hopefully get multiple locations in multiple towns. And basically wherever you go, even if it starts a small um, vicinity like New South Wales or uh, where we currently are, if we have one in most towns, you know, you go to Hotspot Fitness, like a hotspot on your phone, wherever you are, you can sort of access one. So we we were thinking of what's the what's the best way to um, uh, what's the best name to basically convey that. Um, and yeah, that's what uh, my wife and I came up with after a, a couple of cram sessions. I uh, went through a few names. We're like, oh, no, no, no. And then just, yeah, one, yeah, that one came up. And we're like, oh, that's, that sounds, that sounds perfect. And uh, we've been uh, running with that ever since. Like uh, our clients are called Hotspotians. Um, Quite a few probably don't even know, but uh, I, I even call it Hotspotania. <laughs> if if it was to be a uh, if it was to be a nation, 
and uh, yeah, it's uh, we've sort of we've sort of just really lent into um, into the that uh, that branding that notion of anyone can can come and uh, come and train with us as well. You know, it's uh, and hopefully that can be accessed any uh, anywhere around our area soon. And uh, fingers crossed, by the time my uh, sons are. Uh, adults they can take over and take it worldwide <laughs> that is a great goal and it is 100 achievable uh you know you made it this far with just the first studio and you know it looks like you're on the verge of you know expanding and growing so you know Thank the you. uh the sky is the limit <clears throat> and uh you've got a you got a dream big i think <laughs> so always important to have that that uh big dream like like when we're doing uh uh, fitness, you got your micro goals, you got your macro goals, um, and it's good to sometimes set a uh, a larger than life one too. <laughs> yeah, if they, if they don't scare you, they're not big enough. Exactly. <laughs> Great. Awesome, Aaron. Well, uh, walk me through. You kind of mentioned you know how big your studio is. How many members roughly do you have currently? So last I counted, I have about 49, 49 one on one clients, um, which do anywhere from one to three um, PT sessions a week. Uh, we try to promote people um, learning uh, when they when they come in. So basically uh, they don't just come in, get a session, leave happy. They come in, get a session, leave happy, but leave knowing what they do when they go elsewhere. Like um, we always set it a goal that uh, when someone comes in their first three months, we always set that three month goal so that we can build up a habit. But in that first three months, if they want to, uh, if they say, oh, don't need you anymore, then they don't need me anymore. They can go, they can do it on their own. They can make it a lifestyle and they can succeed. Whereas uh, I think people come back for the dad jokes and the bad singing. Um, I think is really why they, uh, <laughs> after the three months, they uh, now had people for, um anywhere yeah up to five years so um uh we really have a good uh yeah good community of just like-minded people who um are there to just make their life better um i probably dragged that uh, answer on a bit too too much <laughs> no, that's great uh, uh yeah we love our we love our clients and i can't talk about them enough <laughs> that's great it sounds like a really great relationship with you know all of your clients and everything so and they're happy to lean into the nerdiness of our uh, studio, which is which is good too. Um, the uh, the hot hot, uh, hot spotty ends thing and all that stuff. Uh, love it. <laughs> keeps it fun. Keeps it exciting. Love to hear that. Absolutely. Um, so, Aaron, you know, with your studio, obviously, you know, we talked about goals a little bit before this, but you know, what's kind of like top of mind for you for your studio right now? Like from now till the end of this year, what's kind of like the biggest focus? And then the next one to two years, where do you want to expand? What do you want to do with the studio? So I want to uh, increase the um, increase the offering. So we want to we're trying to work through a new program at the moment to give um, more accessibility to our clients, so they can do their tracking, um, they can uh, contact us more, just have more available to them outside of the studio. Um, that's one big goal that we have at the moment um, as things get more technical as, um, you know, apps get better and all that, people are moving a lot more towards 
digital and moving away from, uh, you know, going onto website client areas and going to apps and stuff like that. So really trying to get that digital offering happening a bit better, um, add some videos for, you know, things like warm-ups and that, that they can do on, uh, that people can do on their own outside. So the digital offering, but also to get other trainers in to work beside us. I've worked there myself for um, the whole four years. Uh, we've got another uh, casual trainer, but she's in a very high position elsewhere. So she is very limited how much she does, but she does it for fun. Um, I think mostly she, yeah, she does it for fun. She just loves the stuff, but we'd really like to get another trainer in that could set their minds to making it a career for them. So something that, um, you know, start with 10 hours and then build up to, you know, full time eventually. And then uh, maybe even come into the studios uh, with us, like financially. And um, but if not, just build an empire of their own. It's um, uh, I think I said before we, um, you know, if we build each other up, we all succeed. And uh, so digital offering and uh, work on uh, getting more staff in, um, getting our systems in place because I've never been an employer before or a um, or a business owner with other um, uh, other staff and that it through before um, or offering workspace. So it would be really good management exp experience for me. I'm really excited for that. So build up that side of things, um, get more people getting helped by the right people, um, you know, focus on educating um, as well. And then over the next two years, I want to start looking at, uh, at a bigger space where we can have uh, an area where people can come in and use the gym without having to send them elsewhere. We can help them all in the one um, in the one location because I like that thought. Eventually, we can't do that at the moment because we're um, we've got a we've got a big space, but it's just not big enough to still maintain that um, that private feel in the PT side of things. So yeah, digital offering, getting you uh, other trainers in and and start building them up and uh, you know, work on the management side and then uh, start looking at the, the next grand, the grand scheme. <laughs> there you go, piece by piece together, you build it, they will come. That's it. <clears throat> Great. Excellent. Great. So <laughs> what's, what's gonna be your, your process or your system when, it, when you do bring on that next client or that next trainer? Is it gonna be kind of, you're gonna give them X amount of clients to start so you can have a little more free time to focus on the business. And then are you going to do like consults and whatnot or have them do consults and whatnot where they can kind of sign on more people under your program? How's that going to look when you get to that point, when you get to that next trainer? So I'd like a, uh, to, to get the next trainer to come in a vision of building, um, building something sustainable fast and essentially, I've I've hit that I've hit that roof. So I've got clients that have been with me for a long time. Um, I love them. I never want to lose those clients. But if eventually they leave, if I get um, people contacting me for PT, I want to send them on to other trainers that work with us. So it would be advertising the trainers, building them up when they come in, teaching them in every way. If they're new, newer, teaching them everything um, that I know because I, I never feel like information should be retained. So teaching them whatever I can, advertising them um, best we can, uh, you know, 
getting getting a, a greater um, awareness of the studio as well. So like we've just started trying to get um, our Google reviews um, up, you know, more people giving us those. So we get more people contacting and then we get more contacts that then we can pass on to the next trainer. And then as uh, as clients that I have leave and more contact other trainers, I can start to step back and I can start to make more time for um, working on the business, but also more time for my family because as you know, when when you run a fitness business, it uh, becomes consuming at a certain point, really self-consuming at a certain point. And uh, being able to step back and uh, be there more for my family, uh, which will, of course, give me more energy then to put into onto the business and also to build up the people who work with us uh, would be great. So at the moment, the thought has been to build systems that then uh, trainers can come in and use um, straight away so they don't have to work on their own systems uh, if they don't want. Um, advertise them within the studio. So I don't want to be like, okay, well, if you come in, I want to, I would love to do the rental um, uh, workspace type scenario, but not the type where you come in, you pay me money and you don't, you know, you, you're not a part of my business, like not important to my business or important to me. I'd like to have them rent the space, but they're still building them up is still utmost importance to me. So I'd like them to have their own branding. I'd like them to have signs on the walls that says this PT works out of here with this uh, PT business and then eventually have our, our studios as a hub. So no longer just um, a PT studio that's um, that's solely hotspot, but to give opportunities to others to build something. Um, because I think it all, it all comes back to the end of the day to we help people, um, we're able to help people, and the more... Um, the more people that are in that have that access, that have that support to be able to build their, their um, reputation and build their business, then they can help more people and so on and so forth. Like it all, it all comes around in the end. Um, so I, I think, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if I've got a little sidetrack there, but uh, that, yeah, that's essentially it. Just um, work together, listen to advice on what they would like, listen to feedback and uh, have yeah, have them be as important in the business as myself and then eventually step, step back. Yeah. Um, yeah, and go from there. Love it. So let's kind of dive in, <clears throat> excuse me, let's dive in a little more about the the business side of things. So cool. you got the goal, you want to bring on another trainer, pass off, you know, a few clients or whatever to kind of give yourself some more time. With the current lead generation, you know, where are the majority of your leads coming from? And then how many would you say you get in on a weekly or monthly basis? So when we start to uh, when we start to really um, push, because we haven't done that in a really long time, like in four years, we actually haven't advertised. It's all word of mouth. It's all um, people saying these availabilities are there. You should contact Um hotspot fitness and people have come in so there will definitely be a lot more um research into um and that's what i anticipate to do in that time into uh lead generations and funnels and stuff like that but mostly i i would like to um keep a word of mouth you know this is a place that's inclusive supportive um friends tell friends because that is the best recommendation you have like if a friend says to a friend 
you could really use this. Of course, that's the most valuable lead. Um, you know, like, like they say, every lead that comes in through advertising, what is it, 12? Uh, out of 12 leads, usually one becomes a conversion um, in like uh, average sense. Um, well, that's what I've been told anyway. <laughs> um, we might have so, uh, to agree to disagree on that one. Okay, right. Well, I, I, I too, like I, um, uh, I'm pretty glad with my, um, my numbers of people, like when people sit across from me at the desk, they will usually, um, sign up, which I, you know, I'm pretty happy, I'm pretty happy with, and I hope, you know, continues with the next trainer. Um, and hopefully they've updated that number because, yeah, I always thought the 12 to one was a bit, uh, bit much. Well, Steve. <laughs> I'm glad there's uh there's an equal uh yeah but uh yeah so that's pretty much it um uh word of mouth uh building up the reputation of their business as well as um our own so that more leads come in um and then work on the uh the funnels and that as a as a secondary you know get get out and about get people talking um i found is always the best um the best way that our business has worked um, usually if people leave the business, there'll be someone else with um, a recommendation for us within a short amount of time, which uh, might be a fortunate thing. It might be just I've been lucky, but that's just what I've found in in my business anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, word of mouth is huge. Word of mouth is, you know, people coming from inside the studio um, always has, you know, the heart and hits home. Um, on the flip side, most gym owners that I talk to do trickle down the advertising road because you can reach more people, you can get more clients in, you can get more leads coming in, build your studio the way that you want it. You can target the leads or excuse me, you can target the ads based on what you have inside your facility. So there's lots of customization and stuff like that. But as you grow and expand and things like that, a lot of times gym owners will say that, you know, word of mouth is still great. It's still a part of the marketing routine. They just yeah. add in other avenues to help continue the growth of the studio. Um, Definitely a lot more research is going to happen once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can do that stuff. I'm looking forward to it actually. Um, I've, uh, that's one thing I have missed in, in my experience so far. Like I, I came from um, a fairly good um, client base to start with, and it's built up fairly quick. But uh, we've missed out on that uh, that chance of advertising. Like I, I love what we've built up. You know, we've got uh, superheroes through our um, our studio. We've got uh, you know catchphrases and all that stuff that's built up. A lot of fun stuff that we could add to advertising. But just because uh, the more people contact, the more people I'd have to turn away because of that that roof. Um, and that doesn't give you an overly good reputation either. And our, yeah. our turn is so low. Like we'll, we'll probably maybe lose um, three people a year through um, at the at this stage through, um, you know, uh, economy, um, uh, some uh, sports injuries, stuff like that. Um, but uh, advertising is something really I am really excited about. I've been following a lot of... Uh, a lot of the names in um, fitness business to see what they're doing. So we're ho I'm hoping by the time we're we're um, running it again that we'll have uh, we will be running advertising that I've got a little bit of an idea. Otherwise, I'm just going to be uh, uh, 
and be in the woods again. <laughs> but it's challenging. What makes us uncomfortable also makes us stronger, right? That is absolutely right. 100%. <clears throat> um, so yeah, so, you know, word of mouth, no advertising yet in the plans for, you know, expansion and stuff like that, you know. Focus on retention over acquisition um, has been the, yeah, the, the goal, but yeah, definitely acquisition is going to be important going forward. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. And so you said with retention, you mentioned that you maybe lose three people a year if that. Yeah. That's um, yeah. Just through, you know, through other, um, other avenues really like um, the, yeah. Uh, I know COVID um, a few people dropped off through COVID um, they, they couldn't figure out the video um, like the, the zoom um, uh, virtual training and stuff like that that we were doing. Yes. So they, they didn't, they didn't do it. And then three months later asking them to come back, they, they just found that they didn't have that motivation anymore. Um, whereas if they're front and center, it's a lot easier to you know, maintain that. Whereas um, a lot of people, you know, went online with us and as soon as we reopened, they they came back. Then the economy now is is sort of killing us. I'm sure we're all we're all feeling that burn where you know people are like, well, I can eat or I can do PT. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, all I guess you can do is uh, lead them in a in a way that uh, they they don't need you, but they can still keep their um their healthy lifestyle. Um, like even when people uh, go from us, we just uh, we will recommend a, a cheaper option like a gym nearby that they can go to, um, you know, virtual programs they can go to, stuff like that. So it's just um, and then what I've found is if you do that, most people will come back. So even if you have that churn of three people in that one or two of those will probably come back to us within the next couple of years. And um, that's just my experience anyway. It's, um, and that's part of uh, why I'm so passionate about that uh, uh, retention, uh, word of mouth, building good, um, building good experiences um, over just seeming like you, um, you know everything, building experiences as well as that. You know, it's important to have um, the evidence-based research and be able to, um, you know, educate people. But the experience is what people keep coming back to. Like, there's a lot of that information online, but there's one thing that online can't build, and that's that, uh, that it's harder to build that community and that um, experience that in-person can get, I've, you know, I've found. Yeah, it's, yeah, in-person will always be, the bread and butter versus like online zoom virtual you can't see body language you can't really see you can see facial expressions but you can't really like feel the person out because they're not there like you're not looking at them you don't get a sense of you know what's going on so yeah well so i'm very proud uh a lot of my clients i think we kept about 60 percent that went online through uh virtual pt sessions during the lockdowns and uh they all came back uh, later and I thought oh this is a great thing that I can add to the uh to the business and most are like I like this better <laughs> I just want in person but one thing that that built up as well um as as much as uh I'm I'm big about the uh the in person uh the pandemic did build up um the ability for a few of my clients have moved away and they've asked uh, one to uh Queensland uh one to Victoria 
and they've kept training with me virtually online um, from from their home gyms um, to, to one to two times a week. And uh, it's been great. So that was one thing that really added up. And that just shows me the uh, the difference between when you're doing an online program through, you know, um, it's all just written there on, a, on an app versus, you know, virtual training. And then, of course, the better one uh, beyond that is face-to-face -face, um, or just building up people's confidence and comfort and uh, in in a space where they can go and get help and and interact with other people yeah yeah absolutely um so kind of moving back towards you know your growth and bringing on another trainer have you actively been looking to bring on another trainer have you been having a hard time finding a trainer what's that been like for you so far so i've i've had a few months of procrastination so I, i'm a very uh very methodical person. So I've been trying to get the uh, the um, terms and conditions in in order first, and then trying to get all the, um, you know, the T's crossed and the dots uh, and the I's dotted. And uh, I will, I will um, wholeheartedly admit that I've been procrastinating a little bit. <laughs> so that's why I've set myself that year goal that very, very soon, um, we're going to be putting those feelers out. Uh, we're going to be um, contacting the uh, personal training courses in the area. Uh, say, hey, do you have do you have some people that would be happy to come down and have a talk to us? See if they're comfortable in the environment, because of course, just like clients, we want to be comfortable in the environment. We want the uh, trainers to be as well. Um, try to build up a really nice space, but you know, there's some people who do prefer a commercial. A commercial gym to work out of as opposed to a personal training studio where we've tried to offer heaps of equipment heaps of options but still it can't match what a big box gym will um so it's uh yeah it's been one of those uh things where i'm just mentally preparing myself to be a a potential manager of others because <laughs> i i love personal training and that's uh that's why i'm excited to do that next stage because of course we bring back to what makes us, um, you know, uncomfortable is uh, is also is also great for us. So that's the uh, the next stage is to put the feelers out and start to get some people coming in and seeing us. Love that. And so, right now, yes, uh, a few last questions here for you. Right now, you're you're kind of capped out with how many clients you can train, right? Yeah. So when you bring on this next trainer. Yes. What would then the capacity be for both of you? Obviously, you're going to step back just a little bit, but yes. then are you able to fill the studio with more clientele now to kind of bring in that extra revenue to be able to expand? Or is the building itself, I mean, 1,700 square feet, you know, it's decent size, you know, is, is it kind of at capacity with members overall? No, not at all. Because we've got, uh, like I've discussed it with all my clients as well, because I never want, as I said before, I never want them to feel uncomfortable. I never want, uh, like I work with a, a lot of clients with disabilities as well. And I found when I worked in a in a big box gym that they got distracted a lot or they got anxious around big groups. So the fact that we do those, those one-on-ones or two-on-ones, we have so much space. Uh, I think the reason why sometimes it feels so small is because we're in a, in a, uh, uh, town where everything's big. 
So <laughs> the gyms keep outdoing each other. So they get bigger, bigger, bigger. There's another studio in town that's about um, our size and they do one-on-ones as well. And we, um, yeah, we're basically a, a gym, a full, fully stocked gym, just um, catering to more private space. But there's definitely room for another trainer to come in um, and work alongside us. Uh, there's enough equipment. So we we have commercial um, strength equipment as well. We've got a leg presses, chest press, uh, functional trainers, um, uh, assisted chin dips, all, all those types of equipment. We have a functional area with tires and ropes and sleds and uh, heaps of, uh, uh, you know, power rack and um, heaps of bars and uh, benches and we really built it to um, hold a bigger group of people. We just haven't uh, haven't branched out there because I didn't feel uh, personally, and let you know something here. I didn't feel like the studio was a hundred percent complete until the end of last year. So when the studio was complete, and I could offer someone that complete studio that wasn't going to continue to like continuously change or whatever, then I wanted to bring them in to really enjoy it and be able to use it um, from start to finish. And uh, so the definitely there's space, definitely there's call out. There's a lot of people in our town that uh, don't know where to start and they see gyms as scary. We all know that uh, gyms have gotten a lot better over time as far as um, their, you know, their reach and how, uh, how welcoming they are to to beginners, but there's still that with that notion there of uh, gyms are still scary. Um, then a space like ours can really do well to attract. Um, the, getting the word out there is the next stage. Um, once we have so it's capacity to just inform people, and then people will come. We found that in our in our town with so many gyms, like for the size of our town. We've got crazy amounts of gyms, crazy amounts of studios, crazy amounts of um, functional training facilities, um, and a few more like uh, coming every six months. It's because there is a capacity to to grow um, and for everyone to succeed. And uh, it's just avoiding that notion of there's not enough to go around because then, of course, you start to come around and, and eat your own tail where you know, you start to step on toes and all that sort of stuff. Whereas, um, you know, people get to know about you, people get to like you. And with it being a small town as well, it's not a, it's not a big town, small town as well. Um, people tell people and, you know, um, it, yeah, I think it will, it will work well. We've just got to uh, find the right person that really, or right person or right people to suit what we're about. Because we are about fun um, as well as fitness. Um, learning as well as a good workout and uh, getting people the best experience they can, regardless of if they've been training for a while, training for uh, and just be or just beginning and being able to uh, show that we care outside of those PT sessions and when we're um, getting money to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I've had clients that come in and they've never been able to stick to a gym membership because they felt uncomfortable to approach. Then they've come in, they've trained, they've done a couple of packs, joined a gym, felt comfortable, wanted to get into powerlifting. I I don't have the time required to coach powerlifting, so I've sent them. Uh, I've uh, recommended or uh, 
assisted them to find a powerlifting coach or gym. They've moved to there. That spot fills with someone else who needs it with me. And I start to help someone else. Um, but and they succeed and seeing that them succeed is amazing. You know, that's one of the greatest reasons to do it. And uh, of course, the powerlifting coach then succeeds. We find someone else who needs help and process starts again. Um, but there's always, always someone looking for your service or someone who could use you um, recommending what works best for them. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so on that point, yeah. you know, I never even thought to ask this, but, you know, are you looking to bring on just one additional trainer? How many trainers do you want to have in this studio before kind of you're like, okay, there's enough revenue, there's enough people, I can step back a little further and then really focus on, you know, the 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 next plans for when the time is right to, to add on to studio number two or bigger studio? Uh, it would be great to start with one because um, I I also know my my own limitations yeah. um, at this stage. I don't know um, the stop to, you know, the stop to growth. But I know at this stage, if I took too much on, if I tried to manage um, bringing in two people in uh, straight away when I haven't had that experience, then I would probably be shooting three people in the foot. Whereas if I start small, and uh, we get to know each other, especially if it's a newer trainer as well. If we get to know each other, we get to know um, how to be, I get to know how to have someone else in the studio and how to manage that. And they also learn how to, um, you know, because fitness industry, as we know, we've built up a very strong personalities a lot of the time. So how to um, approach that too. And I'm definitely uh, not adverse to being told, you know, uh, this needs fixed <laughs> or um you know so i think both of us can grow from it and then uh when we're comfortable not too distant future get more trainers in because yeah the goal is um with bigger studio would be to offer a 24-hour gym option plus have spaces where three or four trainers might be able to work out of um simultaneously and then you know both build build that area. So I've I've seen um, places where their focus is on the gym revenue and not on the trainers that work out there. Not realizing that your trainers are a vital, important part of building that reputation, building that knowledge base, um, keeping retention, and uh, of course acquisition as well through word of mouth. So. Uh, Back to the base, one one trainer to get comfortable, and then uh, who knows? I'd love to have a whole a whole group of trainers that I've either I'm either currently working with or have worked with, um, and hopefully, if they have moved on and done their own thing, they succeed and think fondly of their time with us. <laughs> As I think you were saying earlier, you've worked for multiple different places and you speak about them fondly. And that's uh, that, you know, occasionally going back or orange series. So that sort of thing is great. It's great to know uh, like that um, there's that fondness that comes back and everyone, everyone succeeds. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody succeeds hundred percent. Well, uh, I think that's a good place to wrap up here, Aaron. Last two things for you. First one being, yes. you know, what words of advice would you give somebody 
that's looking to start their own fitness entrepreneurship, whether it's one-on-one -on -one personal training, whether it's a group training facility, what words of advice would you give somebody? Um, make it about people. Um, and that includes yourself. So it's not, um, it's not numbers that are coming through. It's people. Um, there needs to be that attention to like that care, um, to know not only what, um, what they need, what they need, um, mentally, which is very important, but also how much you can help through, um, the service you provide. So a lot of people will undervalue um, themselves in this space um, because just because they um, they put more towards okay well we're we're therapists in this way instead of we can provide a holistic approach um, to it like if someone someone talking to us is fantastic they get it out where we should be that private space where it doesn't get away from that like it does no one else hears about it someone can feel confident to talk to us because of course they're coming in and seeing us in their most vulnerable state. And they will usually talk to us about stuff that they might not talk to anyone else. They've got to have a, an ear um, that will, they know will be a safe ear to talk to, but also someone who's not afraid to say, all right, now it's your set of push-ups, uh, set three, come on, uh, to use, that to build up a positive experience, you know, to, to say, right, you're doing something good for yourself. Yes, bad things are happening, but you're not letting it get um, to a point where it's everything. You are also doing something positive for yourself. You can um, work through this without necessarily having to say it, but you help to guide, you know, if someone leaves with a smile after they've done a good workout and they've been able to have a, have a good um, ear to listen to what they're talking about and the, the value um, from that personal experience and that personal connection is um, is of utmost importance, especially now. You know, like we've we've seen that through the lockdowns, and I will say, you know, I I had sixty percent of my clients go online, but there was still a long space of time in in Australia. If you were seen in your studio or seen in your gym, um, you couldn't even film from it. So I had to set up a. Uh, uh, gym in the garage and all my pop vinyl figures, my nerdy pop vinyl figures behind um, had to set that up because if you were seen in your business, you were fined. So that long, just being in, uh, in basically confinement, uh, just that human connection was important. And yeah, I think just keep it about people. Um, if you have to put food on the table, you have to keep your doors open. And that will come with it. Like if people know you care, they're not, they're going to stay and they're going to, or they're going to refer other people to you and um, just make it about the people, not about the money primarily. Um, that's the only advice that I'd give, but also while you're doing so, make sure you don't undervalue yourself. Um, Cause I think there was a lot of, uh, a lot of trainers that I, I heard that were offering online, um, personal training during the pandemic for free and not understanding the value that they were still giving regardless of if it was um, over a screen or not. And the people who they were giving that service to were all working still, like they were all in essential services and all that stuff. And it's, it's hard to, um, and a lot went out of business during that time. And then the people they could help um, just weren't there anymore. You know, they couldn't help anyone if they didn't 
continue after the lockdowns. So um, value value the service, but but make it about the people is the advice I give. Excellent, love that. And then last piece here today is how can all of our listeners reach your facility? Facebook, website, Instagram. Go ahead and give a shout out to your facility. So uh, it's Hotspot Fitness Wagga on uh, Instagram and Facebook. I'm really bad at the ads. <laughs> so if you go to uh, if you go to Facebook or Instagram, you can uh, look up Hotspot Fitness Wagga, and we're at uh, www.hotspotfitnesswagga.com.au. Um, and yeah, just give us a uh, give us a message if you're um, interested in either um, yeah hitting up our service or if you just want some advice. Um, I'm happy to uh, offer advice for any anything that's needed. Um, uh, we're we're going to be huge, hopefully huge one day, but um, we've definitely made mistakes in the in the uh, made mistakes, made um, good decisions, and learned from all of it. So uh, anything anyone needs to ask, um, let me know. And hopefully this has uh, been helpful today. And I've only seemed about 30% nervous instead of the 93%. (laughs) Excellent. No, all's good. Uh, I appreciate it, Aaron. Um, For everybody out there listening, if you want a fun-filled, you know, results-driven class uh, or um, experience, go check out Aaron's facility and he'll be sure to give it all the fun and all the results. Um, most importantly, if anybody out there listening would like to hop on our show and be a part of the Gym Lords podcast um, and talk about their perspective on the fitness industry, we'd love to have you. Feel free to click on our link below, type in your information, and we'll be in touch. But until then, y'all, that's been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, our guest is Miss Kimberly Minter of Metroflex Gym, joining us from Conroe, Texas. Kimberly, how are you today? What's going on? I'm fantastic. I'm so excited to, to be a part of this. I'm excited to learn and to share with you. <laughs> I'm excited to to pick your brain and, and see what kind of wisdom and experience we can extract out of there. Obviously, our conversation is going to be geared around Metroflex and, and what you guys have done over the years. And so for a little bit of background and, and context before we get into that conversation, and for the people who aren't familiar 
with Metroflex. Kimberly, give us a, a quick background. When you describe what Metroflex is, what do you tell people? Um, most people kind of are familiar with Metroflex gyms. It's the, from uh, the original Metroflex is in Arlington, where Ronnie Coleman, Branch Warren, all of these hugely successful bodybuilders, Johnny O. Jackson. Um, so most people are familiar with the what Metroflex is. We're a dirty old grungy gym that is just, uh, most people think it's for hardcore lifting only, but it's not. We have more regulars than we do bodybuilders in there. But Metroflex is a, it's more of a small hometown gym because we're not for everyone. Um, like I said, um, we heat it just enough to where you're not freezing to death and there's no AC in the summertime. So you can imagine what kind of hardcore facility you're looking at when you walk into it. Um, it's just a kind of reminds you of the old, old school, high school type gym. You know, you smell the iron, you see like every piece of equipment has a story to tell. You know, the bench has been used and uh, revinyled and used and revinyled. Everything has a mark on it. It has history. If the gym could talk, it would say a lot. <laughs> if the gym could talk, I'm sure there are stories. Oh, and so yeah. take us back. I, I want to hear how how this all came to be then. Tell, tell me about not necessarily day one of the doors opening. Tell me about the day that the idea clicked in your head. I'm going to open up my own gym. What was going on and, and what inspired all of this? Well, um, I had, I was training at the original, but when I turned 40, I had been a trainer since I was about 28, 30, but I was kind of chunky and needed to lose weight while well, I'm having kids and being a mom and training clients at their homes and stuff. And so when I turned 40, I wanted to be a bodybuilder. I wanted to get mass very much. So, so where do you go? Metroflex in Arlington, the biggest bodybuilding gym in the world, pretty much that's known for it. So I hired a trainer there, Kelby, and um, we just kept taking it on and kept taking it to the next level and taking it to the next level. And I would come back to Conroe after being in that environment and tried to find something comparable or kind of like it. And so we would go to the rec center and I'm training my clients. Um, I always train kind of hardcore. So we, we, you know, they puke, they get sick, they do all kind of, you know, it's just pushing them to the limit. And um, coming back to Conroe and at the, we'd go to the rec center, nothing against them, um, nothing against golds or anything like that. It's just, I wanted a certain feel and be able to push and make noise if I needed to, you know, you're going to make noise. You've got a six foot four football player. It's going to try to make a, a PR on a leg press. There's not enough weights in there to, to even get him. We're sitting on top of the machine at this point in a rec center, which that's not allowed. So it's like, it just wasn't going to happen, you know, so we would get rode up for making too much noise or banging weight. And so it was like, man, I kept complaining at Brian, you know, Dobson. I told him, I said, man, what do you got? What I need a Metroflex in Conroe. And he was like, Kimberly, you'd be a great fit for the Metroflex family. Um, the way you and are, the, with your idea family, exists. the way you are with your family, the way you lift and you under, you get it, you know, and, and so I don't, I don't think he just gives one to anybody as far as that. I wouldn't say give one, but there's an interview process and there's a, he, he needs to know you. He don't just give one to every, you know, person that just wants to have one. He, he, Brian is very meticulous on a lot of things. And um, even though as far as Metroflex gym may not look like it by the look that we have, but he has created a very well-known business with this. And so there's several all over the country and all over the world. There's several Metroflexes. But anyway, so we, I went back to my husband and was talking to him. I was like, you know, um, uh, Brian kind of, I guess he would say 
kind of offered me a gym. I mean, I still got to pay for the licensing and everything, but he, you know, and so, and my husband's like, absolutely not. So he goes offshore and he was an ROV pilot and he's working and he tells his guys like, man, this guy, Brian Dobson was like, say my wife needed to open a Metroflex, you know? And he's like, they're like, are you crazy? If you don't jump in on this, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you know, you're out of your mind. So we we went from there and he called me. He was like, okay, I, I went to YouTube. I Googled this. I Googled Ronnie Coleman and all that. He goes, we've got to do this, you know? And so we kind of just made it happen from there. And then of course, nine years later, ups and downs, ups and downs of owning the a rest gym. is history. Yeah, it's pretty much, yeah, that's yeah. it. Reminisce on that time for a minute. So nine years in business in the fitness industry is no small feat when statistics would suggest that most gyms go under in less than three years. And so just That's ponder crazy. that time for a minute and, and talk about what's been your favorite part about running your own business in your own gym and what's been the most challenging part for you. My favorite part is the members. We, like I said, if they bring their daughter in to sit on the couch, we don't let the children on the floor, but they have a little couch and area they can sit in and uh, getting to know them and their families. Like when we opened up, we had the homeschool boys that come there. They were 14. They are now in their twenties. They're like 23, 24 right now. So it's like, they become men in the gym. Yeah. They all still go there pretty much now they buy memberships because they're grown and in college. And, and so I've been able to see them be from 14 years old up to 24 and, um, and have them start their careers. And some of them we put through, I did a show with one of them, getting to know their family. We're just a small gym and you can, you know, I know everybody that walks through the door. They either get a high five, a hug or something. We're more personable than what you would get, say, at another gym. You know, a lot of other gyms, it's just you're a number here. You know, we have people that got laid off or got cancer. It's like, hey, Miss Kim, I'm going to have to cancel my membership. Man, what, what's, what's up, man? You've been in going in five years. Well, you know, my wife's sick and said, oh, my God, don't worry about paying. You're good. Good. When you get back up on your feet. Let me know. I'll hold your account and we'll go from there. And they've always come back or getting laid off because of COVID or, you know, we, we like to shut down during COVID. There was just, you know, no one didn't know the future. So a lot of people were scared of um, 35 bucks coming out every month when they don't know if they're going to have a job. So first thing I want to get rid of is that extra bill, you know, the cable bill, the gym bill, stuff like that. So we definitely um, had a lot of growing pains, but that's my favorite part is having that small hometown environment where we can do that. Even though if it made us struggle some, we still were able to, I, I think when you do for people, it comes back on you tenfold. Sure. And so talk and about those struggles. Part, I mean, anybody that spent time knows that it's not sunshine and rainbows every single day that you come into the gym. No, what's, it's been, not. what's been the, the roughest challenge for you? I think the roughest would be to, you know, trying to chase down money when you have people that, you know, still try to keep coming to the gym and still, you know, and, and, and they, they either um, are chasing money, you're chasing money, you know, they'll open it up and then you have these people that don't pay and it's just, it's so hard because you feel so bad, but you, you still got to have the income. It's like, look, if you want a membership, we've got to do this. I can waive the late fees, but you still got to handle this, you know, or try to cancel. It's like, look, you have a, you have $58 balance. And I've been texting you every month. You have $120 balance. I can't get you out of the system till you take care of this. I can't get rid of the late fees, but you've got to do this for I can cancel you real easy. And we don't even have cancellation fees. It's just like a, a 30 day notice is all we ask. So I think chasing, and I'm not a money chaser. So I think chasing the money is probably the part I hate the most because you get to know, I know my members, you know, and so they'll just, you know, if they move, they won't tell nobody, you know, or something. It's like, wait, 
so-and-so hadn't been here. And That's... you check on it's like, man, you should have told me, you know, your your card hadn't went through for two months and you've gotten a message, you've gotten an email, it's on an automatic thing and I'm not hearing from you. And they're like, well, I moved. You know, so that part is where I just, I don't like it chasing money. You know, yeah, it's gotta be done. A... <laughs> There's a tough line in the sand to be drawn with a, a small town community based gym like this because we have this this personal relationship with people and we want to help them in any way that we can. And it sounds like you have. But we have this professional relationship as well. And at the end of the day, we have bills that need to get paid. And so it's it's constantly a, a balancing act of where do we draw that line? in the sand at least for you Kimberly talk to us a little bit about what's worked for you over the years to find new members we'll throw it under the bucket of of marketing but what's been driving the majority of the people that you work with in through your doors in the first place I would say first of all um um I have been interviewed by um channel of a Fox, uh, Fox news in Houston that helps some really just word of mouth because I'm not huge on social media. We're there, but I don't post every day. I just feel like I'm so busy. I need my daughter to take that over. She would be great at it because they're so handy at doing that. Um, it's really word of mouth and my clients and, um, having results with clients, um, especially overweight clients or having someone like Leela brought in several. She did a show in April. She lost hundred pounds in seven months. I would say 85 pounds in seven months. And, but we got, when we, by the time we finished, she was almost at hundred pounds by the end of that seven and a half months and did a show and looked absolutely amazing. She's all natural. Um, so we did it all natural too. And so that that inspires so many people when you see someone go and Lucas from my 600 pound life from TLC, you know, um, that, that brings people in. So I could say the media exposure has been, been really, really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. as far as the everyday, it's just word of mouth more than anything, because we are, I think I'm so scared of limited on space that, you know, if we had a thousand or 2000 members or whatever, I don't know. I don't know that we could handle that, you know, even being 24 hours. Um, That's so I kind of, it's like, to, okay, to we're busy. People come in and go and our, our, our members are like, man, we're, it's getting so busy between five and seven. You can't sit down on a bench or can't do this. It's just like, I know it's growing pains and, you know, we just got to work around it. And so I think we really like the small hometown gym feel better is what draws people that we're not that everyday gym that people go to. You mm. don't go in there and be uncomfortable in 160 degree weather to take a selfie because if you go in there all made up like I am right now, you look like a raccoon when you leave. I mean, it's all <laughs> drained off. You look like hell, excuse my language. So people yeah, come no. there, uh, it's for a different, you don't have all the girls in there, you know, you know, it's just not there. You're not going there to meet it's girls. It's not you that crowd. To, yeah, you go to goals to do that. Here it's more of uh, getting out of your comfort zone, so. But yeah. it just, so the I, point I think that, the growing pains are going to be painful. <laughs> the point that you made is, is relevant here, though, because at a certain point, if we can't add too many more people and we fear losing the authenticity of the product that we've come to be known for, what comes next? You know, how can we pull some levers and, and continue to grow, quote unquote, the business? while still staying true to what we wanted to do in the first place. And I don't know if there's a one size fits all answer here, Kimberly, I'm just asking the question, what does come next in your mind? 
I think here lately, as I age, I think I want to bow out a little bit and to let my daughter go in, but that's a transition of five, six years. You know, she, there's no way she could be a master trainer in five years, you know, um, or you can take all the tests that you want to, but the, the hands-on and going through every obstacle that you could ever possibly imagine is what makes you a guru at what you do. You know, it's, it's, it's time. You know, you, I see a lot of 20 something year olds nowadays. It's like, buy my program. You know, I'm a master trainer. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, yeah, it, it just doesn't work like doesn't that. So I don't know things. where, where I'm at right now. I'm at, I'm at a weird spot because I want to bow, bow out gracefully a little bit and spend more time, get ready for retirement. But with retirement, you know, a lot of gym owners don't have retirement. So it's like, what does that even you know, mean? you invest in Bitcoin and you're like, whoa, I'm pulling it out right now. You know, and so it's just, a, oh, you know, goodness. you do different things to try to, but, you know, we don't have retirement. So it's like, what do we do? Am I going to be working until I'm 90 training clients, you know, so that we're at a, it's at a really big, it's at a weird spot right now. So when you said that um, we're to go in the next phase, that's that's a that's a huge question that that needs to be answered for us, you know. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned retirement in the gym ownership space because I talked to a whole lot of gym owners on this show, Kimberly, and rare does it come up that somebody is planning for it. I think so many times the default is I'm just going to do this until I have a heart attack on the floor and then so be it at that point. But if we look at this fitness industry removed, if we look at it as a business, we need to be thinking about this, whatever the potential quote unquote exit is, whether we're handing it off to a, a next in line son, daughter, whoever it is, whether we're selling it to a friend, whether we are involved in some capacity, but somebody just takes over as GM, that succession plan is important. Yes. <laughs> we need and I have a hard time out, with that. You know? I don't know that I could do that. I, I would rather sell it in our space my baby. I could, I just, I'm a control freak like that. I could, I just couldn't, I've, I've been offered by, there's another gym in Houston that they divorced and she wants to buy the gym. So she keeps emailing me wanting to buy the gym and stuff like that. And so it's like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't think I could do that. Cause it's my baby. Yep. It's like adopting a kid out. Oh, you just go live with them. You're fine. Yeah. You don't just no, trade them. my baby. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we have froze to death in there when I first opened and I'm thinking, man, I gotta have some kind of heat. Texas is just getting colder. It seems like in the winters. And so, you know, we found a happy medium there and it just, it's just, you know, you have these growing pains and you learn as you go. And then, and then all of a sudden you look up and it's like, man, I'm having to turn away clients. Okay. So I think we've done, we've done okay. But do I sell so I can retire and sell everything? So that's kind of where my head's always went. The other side of the sold. same coin. You can't even have the building. You're going to have to get this stuff out of here. I can't even, you know, no, mm -mm, no, you know, or whatever. So I don't know, maybe sell off one piece at a time. But to see your life's work, you know, just to be, I don't know. I figured I would just use the, to, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to go from here. So this is why well, I'm so excited to speak there, with y'all and hopefully y'all can help guide me in a direction that's going to work for, for everybody and my children now that my daughter wants to be a part of the future of it because that wasn't an option and now it is. Yeah, well, there, there are ways to do it, uh, but everything is pros and cons, you know, could you cut ties today? Maybe, but 
are we going to get the amount that you're looking for to be able to exit? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Are there, are there ways that we could set it up so that you could remove yourself at some point down the road and set it up positively for your daughter? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. I really and think so we could do that to be determined from what yes. the future holds yes. at least we're running a bit shy on time here miss kimberly okay. but i want to save a minute for you to to tell people where they can learn more about this do we have a website do we have social media links where can people connect with you guys yes yeah, so uh, you can always pull us up on gmail and it takes us or on google it takes us directly to the website um uh, and it's metroflex.com uh there's a link on google um and i'm gonna tell you who helps us a lot and that is google you know, Google, um, I really didn't care for it, but when we got to maximize what it does, it's a great little thing. They'll give you a free website. They'll give you, you don't have to have money when you start out for business. I mean, they, Google's there to give you so much and so much information. Um, but we're also on um, Instagram, Metroflex Jim Conroe, Facebook. We're, uh, we're on everything. Um, uh, Twitter, like I said, we're not, we don't, I don't post daily. Um, I need to get into that. My daughter's telling me, you know, she's the new generation coming in. I'm like, ah, now you have a whole audience of people way, to hold you, know, you accountable. And she's like, mom, you've got to look at this client's lost so much weight in three, in three, in three months. You know, I'm like, okay, well, we'll, you know, we'll do that. And so, so we start putting pictures on the wall so people can see, you know, everything. And so it's just, I've got to take it to a newer, a little more advanced Metroflex and I'm fighting it along yeah. the way, but we're excited for that yeah. next venture. What's going to happen. I'm excited to work with y'all and see what we can get going. We are excited as well. Kimberly, this has been fun. I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and giving a little bit of look behind the scenes into how all of this works and, and what you're thinking about as the owner of this. We'll have to revisit it again in the future. And like I said, we're running a bit shy on time, but I appreciate you coming on and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much. We'll keep you informed. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.